Humans, people, monsters, it's scaring is sharing. It's the place where we share our scares with each other and you. And on this special episode is your birthday boy, Sasquatch Slim. And it's your boy just always running around his birthday suit, the flame and scream queen, Brandy Joe Planbeck, whose birthday it is not. It will be one day. <laughs> Jeremy, it's your birthday, at least when some people are listening to this. That's right. Friday the 13th of August. That's right. Friday the 13th of August. When you guys are hearing this, if you listen as it drops, it is my birthday. (laughs) That day. So we've created a little special birthday episode. Yeah, I'm shimmying for you right now. And you know what? It's it's my birthday, and I'll make Brandy Joe cry if I want to. So (laughs) (laughs) that's... That's what we're doing. You know how like they call it like a golden birthday when you turn 16 if your birthday is on the 16th? That was my situation, although I didn't Mm. know what a golden birthday was yet when I had it. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's like your golden birthday. I feel like this is like a blood red birthday if your birthday is on the 13th and it falls on a Friday. Oh, absolutely. I love it. I mean, I'm disappointed. I was born on a Wednesday the 13th, so okay, not quite there. But if I was born on a Friday the 13th, that would have been awesome. But... Okay, so speaking of Friday the 13th, while this episode is dropping, I will be off camping with a bunch of men mm. on a, for a, a camping trip, which is so exciting that I'm going to be on a campground on Friday the 13th. That At is definitely camp, a... camp Crystal Lake, right? <laughs> no. I wish so. Um, So, okay. I have a question about Friday the 13th. So it's, I feel fairly common knowledge that the movie, the idea was selected before anything else. The title was selected before anything else. They like put out an ad in some paper with like the ax in a bloody pillow. And it said like Friday the 13th. And like, they didn't have anything else going for it. They just knew they wanted to do like a holiday-ish sort of thing, a Mm -hmm. la Halloween. Yeah. And then they started building everything in after that dropped, right? Yeah, that's my understanding too. That's the common lore. They didn't even have a script written. They just knew like, what's what's a scary holiday? Because Halloween happened. And they're like, what's another scary holiday? Friday the 13th, let's do it. So here's the thing about that. So. Oh, I hear it's the first Saturday of the month, so our alarms are going off. That's not uh, a Michigan thing at any rate. The first Saturday of the month, they, they the have tornado the sirens, to, the storm sirens. Yep, Although we did them. hear them in reality, I think about two or th- three weeks ago, they happened yeah. on a Saturday. That huge storm. There was a huge storm, and I also was right across the street from a shooting that happened. We were at this dessert place called Meat Fresh, and all of a sudden, all these people came running in the store. There was this little girl who was screaming and crying, and come to find out she was with this group of people that she didn't even know. This, someone had gotten shot across the street in this parking lot, and these people grabbed this little girl and ran her into our ice cream shop where we were. Holy <laughs> shit. She was screaming and crying. The cops came in with their gum, guns drawn, and they were like, no one go outside. We're looking for the shooter. Holy And then cow. the sirens started to go off outside, and I thought it was the end of the world. Wow. <laughs> it I'm, was insane. I'm, okay. Wow. <laughs> so, okay, so back to Friday the 13th. So... 
the only they never mention Friday the Thirteenth in the entire movie, which is weird, I, given I that the title yeah. came first. Like I, I could understand if it didn't. But I don't think anyone's ever like, ooh, it's Friday the 13th. The only thing is when Betsy Palmer comes in, she's like, and today was his birthday. Yes. But she doesn't say today the 13th or today Friday the 13th. It's just so weird to me because I could understand if the title came later. So like I could understand if the movie had been created and then the title came later that it never sure. was mentioned. But I just find it so weird that it was named first, yet somehow never weaves its way into the story. Yeah, I think it's just generally become accepted that the movie is set on Friday the 13th and then it's his birthday is Friday the 13th. So uh, I think it's funny too, that a lot of fans on the internet will point out then too, that um, most of the movies aren't even set on a Friday the 13th. If you follow like the timelines laid out in the movies, cause it's like part two, like, aren't they saying it's like the next year, like it's another Friday the 13th or something. But then part three technically takes place like days after part two or, you know, and then four is like a few days at, cause those are set in like a timeline where if you pay attention to what the characters are saying, they're like, it's a week later after the movie before. So it's like, yeah. Well, I think the first movie just laid that groundwork for saying we're calling this this and it has nothing to do with the movie whatsoever. And yeah. so therefore you can't really hold any of the movies accountable or like say this doesn't because the first one also we don't know takes place on a Friday. I think the only one or the 13th. I think the only one that distinctly says it is part six is that correct i if might be wrong say so i think jason lives is the only one that in the movie they say it is like a friday the 13th like somewhere in there or they show a calendar and you can see that it's friday the 13th sure. i think that's the only one that did that like for sure so in honor of this national horror holiday friday the 13th whenever mm -hmm. it happens i also was thinking like i was like what else is an interesting tidbit about friday the 13th and i will say of like the main horror baddies the main modern horror baddies which are to me jason freddy michael and chucky mm -hmm. it's ghostface kind of but like ghostface is always a bunch of different people so i don't really count ghostface yeah so those leather, are the leather leatherface i think kind of Okay. You can make an argument, but he sort of stands alone. I feel like he's... All right. Well, that's fine. We can throw Leatherface in there, too. N of yeah. all of them, Jason is the hottest. Because he is thick with two Probably. C's and yeah. no K. Yep. And, like, I mean, if his mask was off, not necessarily. But, like, he's got that thick-ass body oddy. And, mm -hmm. you know, he's like, I, I'm not, you know, conventionally attractive. So he wears the mask, you know, like he's aware. So that's kind of sensitive and sexy. Michael just to me is kind of boring. He seems like just boring. And Freddie wins for personality, obviously. But like, you know, even if he liked you, he still would accidentally cut you up. And I'm not a big fan of that. Whereas I think Jason could get tender and like rub your cheek and... I feel like Jason out of all of them too is the most sympathetic out of all of them. Cause Jason really like he died in an accident. Uh, he's motivated by vengeance really ideally. Uh, sure, sure. He kills lot, lots of people that just wander in some of the movies his his, you know, motivation fluctuates a little bit. I, I find that he uh, you know, don't go to his 
his land. Don't go to where he lives and he won't kill you. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Whereas Michael Myers is a murdering maniac. That's like evil from the get go. So from the get go. Like, yeah. Like he goes out of his way to kill people. Freddie, same thing. Molested Chucky, same. children. Yeah. Chucky's or, the same know. thing. He's a serial killer. Yeah. Um, I mean, we don't know. At least not that I recall ever that. I mean, we know that Chucky, Charles, Charles Lee Ray is like a serial killer, but we don't know what his childhood was like. Although I guess we don't really know what Freddy's childhood was like. I mean, we kind of do if you go to Freddy's dead, but yeah, I try, to, I, I, I try I, to forget it. I bet we are going to learn in the uh, Chucky TV series, too, because they say that they're going to have childhood Charles Lee Ray in there. It's like oh, some flashbacks. Really? Yeah, I read a little blurb that says they're going to explore his whole life story uh, in the okay. show. So, But yeah, okay, so if I had to have a fuck buddy, it would for sure be Jason. Like, if I had to have a fuck buddy horror, um, you know. yeah. Again, he seems most reasonable. Like you could, you yeah. could, you know. Oh, it would be hot too. He like would I cut you know. some. He'd cut you some slack. He could be interested in that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I've also seen chatter. I've seen chatter on the internet too that uh, that you know people are like, is Jason gay or is he you know queer? That's on there. That's out there. I don't know where they're drawing exactly from, but it's a, it's. I mean, if he is, I'm. I will take him on the team. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I guess so. So that's out there. So <laughs> if you want to look it up, I found like Reddit threads, but you can find Reddit threads of anything. Uh, but... Yeah, just about for sure. <laughs> but, but that's out there. Okay. So for your birthday, back to you. Back to me. I know you don't like to talk about yourself. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> no, but back to you for your birthday weekend because we're not going to be recording like we normally do. And like, what are you going to do for your birthday weekend? Will you celebrate with horror movies? Will you like force your wife? Will she sit through horror movies because it's your birthday when she normally oh, wouldn't? Yeah, I can make that happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I think about it too, when we first, uh, I think it was our first birthday when we start, my first birthday uh, when we started dating. I remember one of the things we did was she made me dinner. Uh, and she watched Creature from the Black Lagoon with me because she knows that's one of my favorites. So that was, that was a good birthday. But yeah, that's like the dream. If I could get some time, I know I'm going to probably go to dinner with my family and all that. But yeah, if I can make some time over the weekend to watch some horror movies. What I keep thinking about is uh, my buddy from college and friend of the podcast, Kyle. Uh, he had he had this plan. Well, it was a couple. I remember for a couple of his birthdays uh, one year. I can't remember if he pulled it off or not, but he wanted to marathon John Carpenter's Apocalypse trilogy. And that was like the one thing he wanted to do. So which which is the thing, Prince of Darkness in, in the Mouth of Madness. Oh. Because uh, we were big John Carpenter fans, but like I remember Do they that. have threads through them or is it just they have a common- They're all theme. about the end of the world. So that's why- oh, Okay, but there aren't as... like actual threads in them. No, there's not actual references to each other other than they're all- he made them, you know, roughly near each other, like through the 80s and early 90s. So okay. they're all about a different scenario about the end of the world. So, but I remember he did that one year. And then there was another year for his birthday. We just marathoned Mystery Science Theater 3000 episodes. Um, that sounds like something you'd enjoy. Which is also something I would love. So I'm like, yeah, if I can create a marathon of some kind and get some time to watch a few movies, that would be great. Well, that's what I wish for you, Jeremy. Maybe Friday the 13th. Since it's Friday the 13th, if I can get in a couple of them. I've seen them a million times, but I don't care. I'll watch them all a hundred more times. So So just keep in mind Curse of the Cat, people, and you don't want to say your wish or else it won't come true. That's true. (laughs) 
Not that it like created that notion, but it's just when I think of that, it's it's fresh in my mind. The uh, one horror thing or even close to horror I can think of about my birthday is I do share my birthday, August 13th, with Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, uh, that's a nice birthday. Yeah. So that's like one of the famous people. So it's like, oh, Uh, it's kind of cool. Like like the master of of horror himself. Yeah. The yeah. master of suspense. I suspense. Yeah, that's true. The master of suspense is what they actually called him, but those yes. are still horror movies in my Sh- mind. So okay, you know, Psycho. Sort of. I think Psycho. Psycho and the Birds are really the true true horror, horror movies films of his. Absolutely. Maybe, um, I don't know. Rear Window is a thriller, but it's still freaky enough. I think that that works. And, you know, I've only seen North by Northwest once, and I was not particularly fond of it mm-hmm. and while i was home recently in wyoming somehow i brought it up to my dad i thought my dad was like a big fan of that movie for some reason it's like in my mind mm-hmm. and my dad was like you know i never really liked north by northwest i'm like i didn't either uh-huh. oh, like we wow. don't connect on a ton of things i love my dad and you know yeah. he's he's a good dad but we don't have a lot of connecting tissues when it comes to our likes and things and i felt so excited that we shared this yeah common malaise is that the correct term sure yeah yeah a common malaise for north by northwest it's, yeah it has some great visuals like that that plane scene is iconic mm-hmm. but it's just i don't find it very captivating yeah there's some like you know vertigo is a pretty good movie but that's one too for me but it's not one of my favorites out of his where i'm like you know it's visually stunning and it's pretty cool but you know i'll take psycho over like most of it or uh Oh, what else do I like? The, the versions of the uh, the man who knew too much, which, you know, he made a version in England and then he remade it with Jimmy Stewart in America. And both of those are very good. So I like those as well. There's quite a few Hitchcocks I've not seen. Like I've not seen Vertigo. I've not seen Rope. I've not seen Frenzy. Yeah, there's a ton. I mean, he directed a lot of movies when you break down yeah. his, his full filmography. And I've probably seen like only a fraction of them. Clute is him too, right? I don't remember. Oh, okay. I'm not sure. Is that Jane Fonda? That's what I think when I think of I know it had Donald Sutherland, I believe. No, that is not Hitchcock. That is Alan J. Pakula or Pakula. One I'm, of sure, I'm sure it's a uh, Hitchcock inspired though. And did you say Donald Pleasance? It's Donald Sutherland. Donald Sutherland, yeah. And Roy Scheider, who I always want to say Schneider. Yep, but Scheider. Scheider. Roy Scheider. Okay, and we got to see each other last night in La Flesh, which was so great. Mm-hmm. And you were so sweet and brought me my phone back because I left it in the back of your car. You left it in the back of my car. <laughs> and after I dropped you off, I had to run back and give it to you. It was very scary to knock at the door so late at night. You're like, who's there? I was like, I, it's got to be Jeremy. And I just opened the door. I don't think we have a people. I don't think we do. And I just no. opened that door right up. And there you were. like, a And it could have it could have been Jason. It could have been. But it was Jeremy. <laughs> and I put a little our picture on our Instagram. If you don't follow us, even if you do, I put it up. And I said date night. But just in case you were wondering, we're not lovers. No. Just but friends. But it still was a date, okay? It was a date together. <laughs> friends can have dates, too. Yes, right. And my wife was there as the third wheel, so. She was. She just she used to love Top Model and loved taking selfies with me. But she's become a little bit shy in that realm. So you and I got the full, the full, I was going to say the full frontal. <laughs> the full frontal. We did it. 
We did. But it was fun to see you. We went and saw some Shakespeare in the park, which I just just ugh. I wish there there probably is some like horror Shakespeare out there somewhere. I mean, it's close if if you want if you count um Titus. Did you ever see Titus? A long time ago. And there's just that amazing scene with Helena Bonham Carter because she plays um I, I think Lavinia might be the the daughter that it happens to, and she gets her hands and her tongue, her hands cut off and her tongue cut out. Yeah. Okay. And Julie Taymor directed it, and it is just it's a, a stunning production that the the film but like she just has this scene where she just has sticks for hands they're just like shoved in her stumps and she just like opens her mouth and all this blood comes out and oh it is so horrifying and that's i guess as close as i can think of with like shakespeare and horror yeah that's the only way i think you can get me to really like shakespeare is add some blood and guts in there i would love to see like hamlet but like a full on, you know, at the end when they all start killing each other in sword fights and shit, like a full on blood and guts like everywhere. Yes. Like, like I want to be covered in blood. Like they do in the Adams Family movie when the kids do. I think they do Hamlet and they start like cutting each other up. Pugsley and Wednesday at the school, okay. like talent show or whatever it is. And they have fake blood spraying everywhere. Like that's what Amazing. I want. That's what I want. We have a teragram. I thought we might go a week without one. Oh, we got one and it's from teacher Drew. We had an, um, I'm not gonna say an off week. That sounds wrong, but we had a week without teacher Drew last week, but he is back with a vengeance. Oh, good. And teacher Drew writes, Hey guys, it was like Christmas when I saw the release of episode 41. I always listen to your podcast on my morning run and it makes my run all the better. I really loved Hereditary, but I have to admit Midsummer and all its hype is lost on me. I think your insight applies to me. I am one of those who has a really hard time with daylight horror. It just doesn't scare me at all. This movie proved to be brutally disappointing for me. I recently saw Old and it reinforced just how hit or miss M. Night Shyamalan is. What is your take on his body of work? Thanks for all your witty banter and cinematic insight. Till next time, Teacher Drew and Phoenix. Teacher Drew, thank you for letting us be a part of your morning regime. I have written into It's Only a Podcast numerous times about how I swim listening to them. It's been a while. I just haven't been podcasting in some time, but I love listening to them when I swim because it makes the time go by so much quicker. So teacher Drew, I hope that happens with your run. I hope that our conversations just help it fly by and it's just, you know, a breeze. Enjoyable. Enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? It's okay. I, I think Midsummer is uh, a little bit divisive. I think I, it will be. It, yeah, for sure. It's not, it's definitely not a movie that everyone's gonna love. And I feel like I did kind of fall in the middle the first time I saw it. I did not dislike it, but I didn't love it. It was the second watch that really like made me fall in love with it. Mm-hmm. And and that's okay. But like while you say daylight horror d- doesn't scare you at all, I just would just hope that there would be something at some point that is daylight horror that will surprise you because it will scare you. And when that day comes, Teacher Drew, I want to hear about it. Absolutely. All right. So now M. Night Shyamalan. So have you, you haven't seen old yet, have you? No. Uh, and I haven't been really interested in most of his work for a long time. Since when? Oh, let's see. Cause I'm looking up, I pulled up his filmography online just to double check. I would say I stopped caring after the happening happened. Oh God. I wish I could have been stoned out of my mind watching that. But I've seen, I saw split which I did enjoy. And then I saw Glass, which I thought sucked. Uh, and then uh, and then Old, I guess, is the most recent thing. And I have no interest in seeing it. So if I had to give you an overall M. Night Shyamalan, 
my feelings on his work is I'm not a fan. Okay, so let's start at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Did you love The Sixth Sense? Yes. I love it. I think it's so well done. Haley Joel Osment is so great. I think Bruce Dallas is like Bruce Dallas. Bruce Willis Bruce. is like the ultimate daddy. I find him so incredibly sexy. I just watched Die Hard this last Christmas for the first time and talk about a wet dream. He is so hot, so hot. But he's also is in the sixth sense and the true queen of the like the queen who takes the biscuit or whatever is Tony Collette. She is absolutely mesmerizing yeah. in the sixth sense it's a great movie it's a classic it is that right is there classic. is it it's is so a, it, good and it's such a strong first movie i know in it's like, like a, how do you follow that up it's like a citizen it's like citizen kane with orson welles like it's the sort of like you've started so strong that yeah. nothing you do after is ever going to be as revered as much and i don't really think it is i think it's still his like oh, greatest work 100 as far as everyone's concerned so yep and then I saw Unbreakable, which I thought was fine. I only saw it once and I remember liking it. It was That's all I remember. And this is it. Like, it's funny. So M. Night Shyamalan, when you go back that far, I was a big fan because I was like Sixth Sense. Awesome. Unbreakable was one of my favorite movies in high school. Okay. Uh, and like into college. So I watched it like a ton of times back then. I thought it was cool. It came out. Uh, what year did that come out? 2000. 2000. Roughly in there, you know, like the first X-Men movie happened. Uh, so like that was another like kind of because Unbreakable is like the superhero story, his own creation, of course, kind of playing with the Superman mythology. But it was like a dark, you know, serious, mm -hmm. mature take on the idea of a superhero. And then you had like real comic book movies started doing that, too, where you had like the first X-Men movie come out, which sure, it's, you know, costume, blah, blah, blah. But it's pretty heavy and it's a pretty dark, like dealing with some serious subject matter. Uh in that first one. So I kind of liked that era of what they were doing with superhero movies before it turned entirely into cartoon giant flashy things like they are now. But like that yes. era was kind of interesting where they were going for like darker, serious, like mytho mythological deconstructions on things. Uh, so I liked Unbreakable. I haven't seen it in probably like over a decade or more now. So I don't know if I'll feel the same way, but it meant a lot to me when it first came out and I was a little comic book nerd and I'm like, this is a cool way to do superhero stories. Mm -hmm. I like this. And then Signs, I felt, had a small handful of great scenes. Yep. But, like, the ending, horrible. Yeah, I remember and seeing too Signs. too much cheesiness. In, yeah, I remember seeing Signs in the theater with my family, actually. I have a memory of it. And we thought it was, like, freaky and cool. Uh, and then everyone was like, we were all like, the ending was pretty cheesy, though. Uh, and I think this was the beginning of that idea that... Like we started to realize, oh, M. Night Shyamalan's always going to try to have some kind of twist, of course. Uh, and his endings, he's going to have bad endings. Like, I think this is the beginning where the endings become real weak for mm -hmm. his stories for a while. And then the village. God help us, the village. Now, I have to say, I was so excited for this movie because aesthetically, it's everything. Yeah, like, aesthetically, it looks really it. cool. Bryce Dallas Howard, so good. I watched this once ever with my friends. That's uh, one time too many. And we all thought it sucked. So because we all end is so weak. It's like it's and like we guessed a... we guessed the ending from Did the beginning. You? Yeah, we were all like, it's gonna turn out to be can I say this? Is it okay? Can it's talk been about so it? long and it's horrible. We're saving you if you haven't seen it. We we were like, it's gonna turn out to be modern times. Like they're like isolated and it's not 
olden times. They're actually in modern times. And what they're experiencing is like stuff from the modern world leaking in. And then we were right. And we're like, fuck. And even the like the trailer, like if I could have just like talk about a trailer that I love. I loved that trailer. There's mm -hmm. just so many amazing visuals. The monster looks so scary. Those pops of red. Yes. All of that. Like finally, when the witch came out, it like had everything I wanted in this sort of look and feel and it was a great movie. So thank God for the witch for like cleaning that taste out of my mouth from how bad the village, the village was. was. Yes. The end is just absolutely horrible. It's one of those movies. It would have been like a way better movie if he just didn't have a twist. He yes. just made it like a period piece with a monster and then just that. Yeah. If it yeah. would have been exactly what it said it was going to be. It would have been way better. Maybe not perfect, but a lot better. And then Lady in the Water, I just remember thinking it was horrible. I don't remember much about it. I remember that it was a cool idea, uh, but the execution of the movie was just terrible. Uh, Paul Giamatti, God bless him, tried his hardest to like, because the dude is one of those actors that just can't stop, you know, acting. Like he gives it his hardest in any role he's in, no matter how ridiculous. Sideways is the best. He's so good in Sideways. I love that film. Yeah, he's a good actor, but it's like that movie, it didn't know, what I remember about it was it didn't know if it wanted to be a children's like fantasy, like a family fantasy film yeah, or a scary horror movie. And he tried to make it both. And it yeah. really was tonally messed up. So it's like, should have just picked one. I think it should have been a family, like he should have committed to making a family fantasy like adventure. Uh, and it would have been better or more well-received, mm -hmm. I think, instead of trying to make it scary, so. I remember hearing that he was going to direct The Life of Pi, which is a book I read for a book club like 20 years ago. Yeah. Not quite 20 years ago, but like it definitely has an ending that it's a little up for interpretation, but mm -hmm. it was like, oh, this seems like the perfect M. Night Shyamalan movie, and then he didn't direct it. But it would yeah. have been, and I never saw the film version of it. Me either. Uh, but The Happening, I feel like I need to go back and watch it, not because I think it will have grown and been better over time, but when I watched it, I was hoping it was going to be good, and I was so disappointed that it wasn't. It's really fucking boring. Is that's, it? Okay. It's that's what I remember. Fun. That's what I remember about it. Like, I think I've seen it, like, honestly, a couple of times, because I had, like, I saw it not when it even came out. I saw it on, like, DVD, you know, rented it or something, like Netflix dvd by mail back in the day and was like okay that sucked uh but i had like a friend that like liked it for some reason so i remember seeing it like he had it on tv or something if you want to watch a good version of it the black mirror episode state of the nation is mm -hmm. very similar in its themes and it is so good it's like arguably my favorite black mirror it kind of shifts on the day but i love it it's about almost an hour and a half so it is like a, a movie and it is just so well done and it has some flavors of this and uh, some flavors of silence of the lambs i'll say as well also another movie happening again if he hadn't bothered trying to explain everything with a twist yep uh, where it was like maybe the plants have released a toxin that's making people kill themselves and you're like who gives a shit? Like it could have just been spontaneously, <laughs> like it would have been scarier if it just happened and we never knew what the happening was. Yeah. Would have been way cooler, but <laughs> we won't talk about the visit because I'm going to give that to you at some point. Cause you've not seen it. Sure. There was last airbender and after earth. I oh, didn't yeah, see I either of those. Over those. Yeah. Never saw those. I heard they're both two of the worst movies like ever made. Like honestly, people. Yeah. People were real pissed off about the last airbender. Yep. Cause that cartoon has like a devoted fan base that it's based on. So. 
I thought Split was fine. It wasn't as bad as some of his other movies, so I guess that had it going for it. I felt it was well made. Yes, and James McAvoy was crazy good in that. So. Yep. I just didn't love it, but it was so much better than the majority yeah. of his films, so I'll give it that. And you said Glass was not good. Glass was a huge disappointment because it's like, again, guys, spoilers abound, Split uh, you know, brought in that like, oh, this is part of Unbreakable. Like it's an Unbreakable universe. We're going to bring back, uh, you know, we're going to tie in James McAvoy's character with Bruce Willis's character from Unbreakable. Glass is now going to be the culmination of bringing these two storylines together. Uh, and it was a big disappointment. It's like, it seemed like he was, oh, you're creating your own superhero mythology and maybe you'll deal with like the new state, like, you know, 20 years later almost of what superhero movies are now. But no, Glass was like, Clearly, he didn't have the budget he needed for his vision because it's all set in like an insane asylum where people think these guys are crazy, not super powered people. And it just dragged. Okay. And it doesn't have like a real, it, it fizzles. It's a movie that just fizzles all the way through. And you're like, I okay. figured it must have because there wasn't a lot of chatter after it. Like Split, no. there was a lot of chatter. Like people were talking about Split. Yeah, no glass was just like people thought it was going to be this big explosive conclusion to this like, oh, cool story that he was seemingly putting together and it just kind of was not exciting. Yeah. I really loved Servant, which is like he created this TV show that's on Apple TV. Mm. I love Servant. It's it's weird, but it's so cool. I really dug both seasons. The first season's better, but I, I got into the second season eventually. Um, so I recommend that if you haven't seen it. And Lauren Ambrose is just so fucking great. And um, Rupert Grint? What's Ron Weasley's name? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. That's Rupert, Rupert yeah. Grint. He's in it, and he is so good. Uh, love that. And then that brings us to old, which I will reserve my job. I think we're waiting till it like comes out, you know, like on like direct to TV, like so I can stream it. I don't think I'm going to go to the theater to see it. Yeah, I I think that's a that's a weight on it, too. So teacher Drew, there you go. Our thoughts. Which are <laughs> Our fairly, big dissection. <laughs> yep, fairly aligned. At the end of the day, I'm just not excited by him anymore until he yep. creates something like super. If he can create another sixth sense, that would be awesome. But yeah, we'll see. So, Jeremy, like swapping back to where we were talking before, I think you had some Friday the 13th, like failed sequels that you had mentioned. Yes, I uh, for funsies, I was reading about because I know we had been not that long ago talking about was it Halloween sequels? I think we mentioned and that. Nightmare on Elm Street and Nightmare yeah, on Elm like Street. We've been talking Jackson. about, yeah, failed sequels and that I was like Friday the 13th. I want to read about some of those again because it. I, this is it. Last episode, we were saying, how did Wes Craven not get, after watching Swamp Thing, like, how did he not get tapped to do a Friday the 13th? Like, that would have been a massive coup to take the guy from Nightmare on Elm Street and yeah. make him, have him take a stab at, <laughs> uh, pun intended, Jason. Uh, so I was looking online to see, like, what were some of the, I know there's got to be a million of them, like, what were sequels that never happened for Friday the 13th? And uh, I found this article from Screen Rant from, like, uh, when did they publish this? In 2020. So it's, you know, from last year. Uh, but they did a quick rundown of some of their favorites, I guess. And one of them, I know you're a fan of Ginny from part two. Yes, And I know her. the original concept for part three was to have her back and fight Jason again in a, uh, apparently she was going to be locked up in an asylum because nobody believed her and thought she was crazy. That was supposed to be part three, which sounds an awful lot like Halloween two, like in yeah. the hospital, similar concept. 
Uh, but she didn't want to come back, so that hit the skids, and that's why we got the part three we did. There's, of course, the million different concepts. And who knows if he would have ever gotten his mask. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, exactly. So it's a good thing. Thank you, Amy Steele, for essentially giving us the hockey mask. Giving us the part three we got, or the, <laughs> the hockey mask, helping that happen. Then, of course, there's the, like a, the million iterations of Freddy versus Jason. Sure. Which... They were talking about one one in here in particular was that they were going to have two kids again in asylum. They love asylums. They do. Uh, they were going to have two kids in an asylum hallucinating that they were Freddie and Jason and fighting each other. Ew. And it's like, that sounds terrible. So terrible. <laughs> I know specifically there was a version that because if you watch the um, for the collectors out there, I remember the DVDs that New Line Cinema used to be really good at their like DVD releases. They'd come with a ton of awesome supplements. And I remember on the DVD for Freddy versus Jason, there was a documentary where they walked through every iteration of the script before the movie finally happened. That's uh, cool. And one of them they called Freddy versus Jason, the law and order edition, because it was going to have the trial, I think, of Jason, like arrested wow. and on trial. And then like Freddy was going to be in there like manipulating things that it like sounded like. You'd have to have a really fucking good writer pull that off to like make that high concept yeah. work. Like as much as I love the idea of like going through the legal process of arresting one of these slashers and having them on trial for like, he's murdered 67 people. Like we're going to go through <laughs> the whole process on, you know, we got to arraign this guy and then we're going to convict him. Like it's insane to think about fun idea, but I don't think it would work for an actual slasher movie. Right. Uh, yep. The one that really I'm like, I actually wish this would have happened because this would have been a fun oddity to exist was Cheech and Chong versus Jason. Oh, wow. Which apparently came about in the, um, it was after part six happened. Okay. So the late eighties, uh, they realized it was like Paramount realized they owned the rights to both Cheech and Chong and Friday the 13th. And somebody started working on a script where it would have been Cheech and Chong become counselors at Crystal Lake. Oh, that's uh, fun. And they, yeah, I mean, that sounds, it was like, I kind of wish that had happened so that we had this weird <laughs> movie that existed. Uh, but everybody didn't, wasn't comfortable with the fu fully comedic tone. So they, they scrapped it and we got part seven instead, mm -hmm. which is, eh. yeah, it would have been like Tucker and Dale versus evil sort of. Yeah. And then of course there's the ideas that like they wanted to do a sequel to part seven and bring back the psychic character to fight Jason again. But Tina. That, Tina. But the, I guess the producers decided that took it into too much of an uncharted area because they'd never done a sequel to one of the sequels before. So they decided not to carry over that storyline. And then again, the same thing with part five, where if you remember the cliffhanger ending is that Tommy Jarvis is like the new Jason. And the right. idea was that he would be the killer in any future sequels. But then again, the producers got really scared of doing that and opted to bring Jason back again in part It's six. so weird. I That's one of the ones I remember the least, but I have a very, like when I watch it, I was like, wow, I really don't remember this one, like somewhat mm -hmm. in the last like few years, but it got to that end where like they're in the hospital and like the, there's like a blonde that comes in and yep. like the door closes and he's there like wearing a mask and holding a knife, right? Yes. 
And I remember vividly as a kid recreating that scene with a VA, like a video camera. I can't. Oh, cool. Well. Like wow. I remember my friend Justin and I like recreating that moment, him wearing a blonde wig and yeah. me having like a, you know, a plastic butcher knife. And yeah. I just remember like creating that scene, but I don't remember any of the rest of the movie, but I like huh. obviously must have seen it if we were recreating that moment. Yeah, absolutely. So weird. That's one too that I'm like, I go back and forth on. I remember like, for years being in line with everybody else for like part five, it's the non Jason one. It's the Halloween three of the series, if you will, like it sucks. Uh, but in rewatching it in more recent years, I'm like, it's got its charm. Uh, I say that. And then I think about like, actually it's a, it's like borderline so bad. It's good. Cause there's a lot of like cheesy acting and just ridiculousness yeah. that is like on a, on a par with like swamp thing from, our discussion last time where you were like, how did a major studio make this and not realize that they had really let some cheesy shit slide in there that yeah. definitely is not, not cheese in the same way the first four are. Like five was a different quality, but it, it's got its charm. Yeah. All right. So for your birthday, what are we doing for movie picks? So if you've never listened to this podcast before, what Jeremy and I do is we share with each other a scary movie the other person hasn't seen. We watch and we come back and we talk about them and sort of like view our expectations and, and what what have what have you? Yes. So what are we doing for your birthday? Because you get to choose. This time around, since it's my birthday, and we're going to do this now, this is what we do for birthdays, is <laughs> whoever's birthday it is gets to pick both movies. Oh. Uh, and that's going to be whatever they want to do. Uh, so initially, one of the flicks I was going to give you was a bit of a wild card. We talked about this in the flesh when I saw you. I wanted to do Return of the Living Dead Part 2. Right. Uh, but then I got a little bit scared because I was like, I've not seen it since I was a child. <laughs> Uh, and I remembered it like, or like maybe like a teenager. And I was like, I remember it being like, okay, not as good as the first one. So I rewatched it on my own uh, just to see the feel of it. And I decided not to do it because we would just be talking about how like bleh, this movie was compared to the first one. So if you want to seek it out, like watch it. I gave it a two and a half on Letterboxd. It's not very great. Now, didn't you tell me it was PG-13 on IMDb? It says it's R. Is it R? Okay. Yeah. No, I thought it was PG-13. Maybe. Like, wow, that is so bizarre. I All I remember is that poster, which is a great poster. Yeah, it's a great poster. Well, if it was R, like I, there's not like any gore or nudity. Okay. In it, so... That's why I, I assumed it was like a PG rating because it seems like more geared towards like it's like they mashed the Goonies up with a zombie movie because it's got these kid characters central to it. Interesting. It's a little bit goofier than even the first one, but like less there's no punk rock stuff going on. There's none of the charm that the first one had. So, yeah, the poster um, reminds me of Fright Night because there's like the clouds yeah, that the are cloud. making up the face. It's yeah. very similar to that. But from what I remember, it's the best sequel that the Return of the Living Dead series had. So they were all just downhill even more after that. But anyway, I opted not to do that one. Fine. So I sat down and thought, what what is Jeremy like? What does Jeremy like most? And I like cool monsters in my movies. You so I kind of I kind of started to settle in on that idea. Like, what are some flicks that we've got that we want to watch? Uh, so I'm doing two for Brandy Joe that he's not seen uh, from the list. So the first choice I'm picking is Pumpkinhead. Oh, it's about time. Yeah. Pumpkinhead. So I know most of the stuff about Pumpkinhead. I know this guy's son gets killed and he helps gets out this witch to like summon this monster to like seek revenge. That's like the, the general plot. I don't know if... I'm curious if the monster will be like Rawhead Rex, like really not look great. 
like in this day and age based on how effects are, but I'm excited to see it. And I know they've talked about remaking it for a million years, but Absolutely. I feel like it's going to go kind of awry, you know, like, I don't know how it's going to go awry, but like the plan for this thing to just come back and just, you know, kill these people that killed his kid. I feel like somehow it's going to get a little fishy. Like, I don't know if it's like careful what you wish for. And like, it's going to end up killing him in the end, even though he's like, but I summoned you. I don't know if there's going to be some interesting integrations with the witch. I know there is like a witch of some sort, but I, you know, I think it's going to be a little open-ended. It's not going to end all happy and beautiful, but a little like, Maybe Pumpkinhead's still alive. But there's not been a sequel, right? There's just the one and only. No, there's been three oh, sequels. Oh, there's been three. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's altogether there's four movies. Okay. Uh, and I've only seen the second one. Okay. Of the sequels. And so, yeah. Pumpkinhead's three and four, so you know we're sci-fi channel originals. So. Oh boy. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so, there's that. But yeah, I, I think I pretty much know what it is. I'm just I'm I'm curious to see what I have to say about it. Yeah, I, I am excited to revisit it too because it's been a long time. This movie scared me shitless as a kid. I saw it uh, probably as like a preteen maybe um, and was like, this is a scary ass movie. Uh, and then rediscovered it as like it, uh, an older teenager maybe when I started college. I feel like I had revisited it. Uh, and thought it was pretty cool still. Uh, and I've not seen it in a very long time. So we'll see how I react to this time. But from what I remember, he's a cool monster. So we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. And the second choice, I've decided I'm going to go. It's still kind of a wild card. Uh, and it's a shout out to friend of the podcast, Ethan. Ethan. Ernest Scared Stupid. <laughs> I mean, it's Ernest. You know what I mean, Vern? <laughs> uh, i feel like he's gonna be at a camp and it, like somehow someone's gonna summon something or monsters will i don't know if he's at, i mean the first one he's at a camp maybe he's not at a camp but i'm gonna say he's at a camp and monsters get set loose and you know he has to save the day and he will yeah this yeah this will be <laughs> this will be fun this was a movie again another like childhood obsession of mine because i loved Ernest. Uh, and this was probably my favorite Ernest movie of all of them as a kid. Because, of course, you know, it's the Halloween themed one because, you know, they kind of did like holiday <laughs> themes. I loved Ernest, too. So I don't know why I never saw this because I loved Ernest Goes to Camp. I couldn't tell you a thing about it now except for, you know what I mean, Vern. I, and I don't know if that came from that movie or if it was just I don't know where he came from. I can't I don't remember. You're going to have to fill me in. Yeah. But. And yeah. And this is a movie that. Again, loved it as a kid. Um, and then I rediscovered it in like college <laughs> and it became one of those weird, like, I'm like, I know this is bad, but I can't stop laughing at it and like forcing all my college friends to watch it like around Halloween time. And they're like, oh my God, Jeremy. So here we go. Now I'm going to force you to watch this and we'll see if I still respond as positively to it. But well, uh, I'm excited. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. So birthday party. Yes. Monster mash. Monster party. mash for my birthday. What That's more can right. I ask for? Oh, and if you want to write to us, thank you, by the way, Teacher Drew, slide into our DMs on Instagram, scaring is sharing, or shoot us an email at scaringissharing at gmail.com. Do end. it. Plug over. All right, well, let's go watch some movies. We'll be back.
should blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. So we're back. Yeah, we are, buddy. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, buddy, buddy. Hey, buddy. What's up, buddy? Jeremy, hold on. Before we do anything, I have already had some corrections corners. Oh no! Oh shit! Well, one I realized because I listened to it in between these episodes or between when we listened. Yeah, I said David Eggers, and it's Robert Eggers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I said that wrong in the last episode, and then the first part of this episode, I said Helena Bonham Carter's and Titus, and she's not. It's a, a woman named Laura Frazier who plays Lavinia. So I'm just getting these out of the way right now, okay? It's David Eggers. Okay. And I did, actually, in between, I started watching clips of Titus. Oh, did you? On YouTube. And I was like, okay, yeah, I do remember this movie. I saw it a long time ago. And it was just like, I think the, the shake, you know, it's Shakespeare, so it's heavy. So I, yeah, I'm like, I didn't yeah. get it when I watched it. But I'm like, I really need to rewatch this movie because it's a pretty, like, I don't know how acclaimed it is, but it's got a strong cult following I see online for that adaptation. So. Yeah, it's since it's Julie Taymor, it's just visually stunning. Yeah, and, and anything with, you know, Anthony Hopkins in it is always going to be. Yeah. Worth, his performances are always worth watching no matter what he's in, so. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, we're back. Yeah, we are. Let's do these movies. It's, it's Monster Mash time. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and we're starting off with Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead. Uh, directed by Stan Winston. So who is that? The, uh, <laughs> the special effects guru. Uh, he worked on Jurassic Park, doing the dinosaur okay. effects. He worked on Aliens. Uh, I think he did term, that tracks. Term, the Terminator movies as well. So okay, this was his directorial uh, I think it's only, I think this is the only movie he's actually directed. So here we go. Pumpkinhead from 1988. For each of man's evils, a special demon exists. After a tragic accident, a man conjures up a towering, vengeful demon called Pumpkinhead to destroy a group of unsuspecting teenagers. Uh, and that's really all there is to it. This is a, such a straightforward movie. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I really liked it. I thought it was really good. It's cool. definitely, you know, uh, a product of its time. And yeah. I think it came out a year before Pet Cemetery, but it is very similar vibes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's also similar vibes to Rawhead Rex. Like it's like Rawhead yeah. Rex and Pet Cemetery had a baby. <laughs> and that's a great description. That's yeah. what this is. <laughs> that is exactly but like, what this is. It's so well made. Like so many movies of this period are a little shoddy. Like even Rawhead Rex. Like, I mean, it's mm -hmm. well made, but like there's also some like elements to it that are just kind of like eh. the monster costume's not great all the way no. through Rawhead. In Rawhead, there are like there's close-up scenes where they had like the special puppet head, but the rest of the movie, it's just like a rubber mask, like for all the wide shots. So you're like, yep, the costume looks really hokey every time they shoot it wide, um, but not here. No. Oh my God. The monster here is so good. And it's that, that beautiful practical effects, but it doesn't mm -hmm. look like just like some crappy suit, kind of like Rawhead Rex does. Mm -hmm. at times but i w it, the weird part about the monster was it kept being in like the air somehow and it's its arms were always coming down and grabbing people and pulling them yeah. up yet we never got to see it fly or climb a tree it just no. was up in the air <laughs> it's just everywhere 
So I wanted to see that. Like, I think it would have been so cool. And I guess better to not see it than to see it and have it look real crappy. Yeah, I bet in real life they probably did not have the ability to make the puppet, like, climb a tree or the costume or whatever they were using. Or I like Like, to think that they tried and it looked so bad. They're like, let's not do it and just leave people going, how did it get up there? Which is definitely the right choice if that was the case. And I love a a monster movie that has the monster the presence of the monster is constantly there like there's so many moments where like the teens are all in the house together and they're like i don't know i think i hope we're safe in here and he's like literally walking by the windows and none of them are seeing it but he's just like out there like peeping in and stuff and you're like his presence is always there yes Um, and you hear that like cicada noise every time he shows up and you're like oh they're fucked (laughs) Yeah, it always sounded like an alien. Like, it reminded me of not necessarily the movie Aliens, but, like, it sounded yeah. like an alien Yeah, me, in my it, head. It sounds otherworldly. And it does kind of look like a xenomorph, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the body design totally is like, I bet you, I wonder if they used, like, did they re- uh, refurbish some, like, leftover xenomorph costume parts to build totally. this thing? They, like, had to have. But its hands were so cool. Like anytime the hands came down or did things, like I loved that. I think my favorite of like the deaths was when he like pushed that girl's face through the window. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I like when he's just banging her head against the glass. <laughs> exactly. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I loved that. I thought that oh, was so good. That's and Lance great. Henriksen was so good. And that body oddy. Oh, wow. Hottie Boobalotti. Yeah, he was. His body was tight. Yeah, he was looking good back then. Oh my God. And his son, oh my God, was so adorable. That little boy was so cute. Yeah. I feel like that really helps it too. Like the, the father, that father son relationship, like I'm I'm sure some people would argue it's a little corny, but it like sells the whole movie. Like you believe it, like you believe his grief when the son dies, like absolutely. He's going to go get the, the revenge demon to kill these stupid city kids. Yeah. I guess here's my thing with that. I, I mean, I knew that that's what that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't a hundred percent buy that. Like he hit him with the motorcycle and the kid <laughs> and died it him, and it killed him. <laughs> like know. I kept thinking he was going to like drive over him or like the dog was going to run after a ball and the kid was going to run out to get him and he was going to get hit by the truck or something. Yeah. So like when it went down, like it did, I, here's what I will say. I did appreciate that there wasn't, like this weird slow-mo with like the point of view coming at the little kid as like the motorcycle. Like uh-huh. I felt like it was done well and and how they did it. I just didn't buy that a motorcycle that that impact caused him to die, but it's still like, I mean, it was still good and I thought it was handled well and mm-hmm. everything like that. I thought that was good. I liked the group of teenagers. I mean, I didn't like them like, like, oh my God, you guys seem like a bunch of really great kids. But I liked that it sort of turned, like the hero still is sort of Lance Henriksen, even though he's also the villain. Yeah. Like he's sort of like one and the same, which I appreciated. Yet there's this group of teenagers who normally you're following and sort of, want, you know, they're going to die, but like you're also rooting for them in a way. Like, I don't know. I just thought it sort of used those tropes that came we came to know in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. And did some different things with them. And I, I appreciated that. And I like the overall, like, I, I read it. I actually pulled the, or pulled this out of some article I was reading online, too, where they mentioned how, like, in the 80s, like, the revenge movie, 
like it's such a big component of like action movies, especially in the eighties where like, you got to get your vengeance. Uh, and those movies seem to say like vengeance at all costs is fine. As long as you get your justice, like just go do it. Whereas this movie is kind of like <laughs> revenge isn't worth it at the end of the day. Cause Lance Henriksen wants revenge. And then he realizes it's literally going to cost him his soul. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's going to be the next demon um, become one with the demon. And at the same time, have unleashing this creature means it's going to kill a bunch of other people too. Like the revenge is not contained to just, you know, it's causes a bunch of destruction and death in its wake, getting, uh, you know, his, his vengeance. So it's interesting that at the end, he's like, this wasn't worth it. And I shouldn't have done this. Do you know the biggest surprise in this? I was looking at like when the, I don't know what to call them, the, the sort of rougher family, (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, there's like the son Uh who he's getting ready to go, like, check things out outside. Yeah. And he has that conversation with his sister who's like, what are you doing? And he's like, spit on it and all that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, she looks so familiar. So I went to go look her up and it's Devin Odessa. She's in My So-Called Life. She plays Sharon, which is why she seemed familiar. But I'm scrolling through the credits. And do you know who I see is in this movie making her movie debut? Who? Mayim Bialik. Oh, what? Really? She's one of the little kids. The one, one of them who gets her picture taken in the beginning. Holy shit. I didn't know. It's her first that. movie. She did like uh, the facts of life. She was in the facts oh, of life like before, yeah. but it's like her first movie before beaches. Oh, there she is. Wallace kid. She's credited. <laughs> yep. So. And like, I had to go back and like, cause it's at the end of the movie that I noticed this in the yeah. on IMDb. So I go back and look and I'm like, Oh my God, sure as shit. It is her. Wow. It's just like, I think of her from beaches and she's, seems a little bigger than this, but she also has that crazy wild curly Bette Midler hair. Yeah. And she's very loud and boisterous in here. She's a little awkward, but you can, it's her nose is unmistakable. Sure. So I gotta I go like, back. Oh, wow. I didn't even realize it. And speaking too of the, you know, the, the rougher family, the the patriarch with the big beard that comes yeah. to the store. That was uh, Buck Flower for the, uh, you know, our our little maniacs out there. He was also in They Live uh, oh. and, a, and a bunch of John Carpenters. He was a character actor, but uh, he shows up in John Carpenters, uh, definitely his like 80s work, especially a lot. So in They Live, he's he's the uh, he's the one um a uh, homeless guy that later turns into a collaborator with the aliens in the suit. And sure. Stuff when they yep. run into him. they see him down, down yep. the, on the underground base. Underground. Yep. Yep. So, uh, yep. Buck flower. Always, always fun to see him. He's an interesting, the Harleys. That's what their family name was. Right. Or the Wallaces. The Wallaces was like the rougher family. Harley is Lance Henriksen. The Harleys. Got it. Okay. Yep. Got it. Yep. Yeah, I really I enjoyed the Wallaces a lot. I thought that they were fun. I liked mm-hmm. that main son. Yeah, and he has a very like <laughs> you could take that character and drop him into like Pet Cemetery or drop him into Children of the Corn. Like it seems like there was a certain like preteen, early teenager archetype in a lot of these rural 80s horror movies. <laughs> Yes. And the witch was so effective. Like, oh my God. So, she looked like she was Freddy Krueger's mother. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like the Swamp Hag is an underutilized horror movie archetype. Give yes. me more Swamp Hags. They yes, are great. Swamp Hags. She is awesome. Like, she might I be my favorite her. character in the movie, actually. Yeah, she's so good. I, I loved her. She was super creepy. And did you get the impression that? Pumpkinhead is her her like son. I feel like that's there. 
Like, I, I feel, feel like, like that's... that's why that line is there when she talks about like the cemeteries where like you bury your kin mm-hmm. who you're like sort of ashamed of or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's either her son or a relative, some kind of familial connection there for sure. So, I mean, not that we're not already spoilery, but going more spoilery. Mm-hmm. So at the end, when she buries Pumpkinhead again. Yeah. Are we to take it? That like you sort of said earlier, like they become one and the same, or did she take the body of Lance Henriksen? Has he become like, I guess, what does that necklace mean? Because that's, you know, the the necklace's son made him. So I think, I think to me, I'm taking it as like, yeah, he he is the new pumpkin head. Like that's his body and he will be the next demon. And he's, oh, okay. tra- he's transformed, he's transmogrified or whatever. Into like the, the- demons sort of, tra- like even though they're two entities throughout the majority of the movie and like linked by one mind. Yes. Once they both die, it's like the old monster is like done with and the yep. new one sort of turns into this sort of cocoony, skeleton-y thing. Thingy. Yeah. And in okay. fact, in fact, kind of... <sighs> I, I I barely remember it because I have not seen the movie since it was like originally on TV. It's the I'm just gonna call it Pumpkinhead Three from like the from like 2006 or something like that is when they did that, and it was like I think I said in the first half it was a Sci-Fi Channel original um, sequel because they there was Pumpkinhead Two, which barely has anything to do with this movie. It's like a new story. It's not very good from what I remember. Uh, and then Sci-Fi Channel bought the rights and did a couple direct you know made for TV movies. Uh, but in, I, I want to say it's number three, Lance Henriksen is back for like a oh. small, a small role, uh, as like a, it's like his mummified body <laughs> that they summon the demon with. And he's like back as a ghost kind of, it's like the rules of pumpkin head make no sense in movie to movie. Like, or, like this movie, it makes sense, but all the sequels just do stupid other shit that you're like, it's pretty well defined in the first one, how it works. I feel like summon the demon revenge and then they mess with it in later ones, but whatever. I also like the the teen who sticks back and hangs out with the little boy while everyone else sort of uh, leaves to go mm-hmm. get help or run away or whatever. Yeah. Like, you totally get the feeling he's going to be like the main one. And then mm-hmm. he's the first one to die. Yeah. And then he's dead. Yeah. And then it's like the other guy st- is kind of like, I guess, the main one or the leader. That- yeah. The one who lived, though, I was not fond of. He was boring one. He was the good one because he got locked in the room with that girl that they were fighting for. Yeah. 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 And I do, I do like that for starting off as pretty, like, they're just the dumb kids. Uh, and like, the one is like, I got priors. Like, <laughs> I just killed a kid. I'm going to go back to, but it, like, he starts to come around and is like, no, I got to do the right thing. But it's too late. The monster's there to kill them. But I do like, that they tried to take those characters on an emotional journey. They weren't just, it may, maybe it didn't translate perfectly because this is not a very long movie. You don't have a lot of time to have character arcs. Like it's only 80 something minutes long, but um, I do like that they tried to weave that in there. Yeah, it really is good though. And I really would like a remake of it, quite honestly. Yeah, like I said, they did, you know, a bunch of, all of the sequels, like this was in theaters barely this first movie i understand from what i read it did like a quick theatrical run didn't make it made its budget back but didn't really find an audience uh and then it became a hit 
on home video. That's where the cult grew. Because I remember seeing this on the shelf at Blockbuster all oh, the yeah. time. I it was a movie that I feel like the name it's like Pumpkinhead is a very evocative name. Like it sounds cool. And I, I just remember hearing about it too from like friends and stuff that had seen it of like, oh yeah, that's a good, you know, scary movie. It's a good monster movie. And then I can't remember when I first saw this as a kid, I guess it was scary. I thought it was scary. So. Yeah, I feel if I would have watched it as a kid, I probably would have found it pretty scary. Mm-hmm. Like I just now, now just it's just fun. It was, yeah, it's <laughs> now fun, it's just, but it's like fairly well done. You know, yeah. it's just a little hokey and cheesy, and you wish some of that it went a little further with its like gore and things like that. But it's like it's well done. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of like I love that it's straightforward. It's just a monster on the loose. It's kind of like a slasher formula, but put in a monster and. A little bit of a morality tale in there too. Um, yeah, Lance Henriksen's performance really anchors it. Yeah, there's some fun corniness in there. <laughs> so mm-hmm. good time, good, yeah. good. Uh, you know, it's not explicitly a Halloween movie, but the whole like pumpkin motif, like the pumpkin patch, and he's called Pumpkin Head because he comes out of the pumpkin patch. Like I feel like that fits with the Halloween season. So that's my recommendation for people going forward. Throw this one into your Halloween mix next uh, this holiday, and that should be fun. Yeah, and really, I mean, I knew what it was about, mm-hmm. and that's all there was to it. Like, there were, you know, I knew it's it was going to be a revenge tale, things were going to go awry, and it was going to be somewhat open-ended. And R- real, the end. real easy. So, yeah, out of, let's go, five mummified demon corpses, uh, how many do you give it? I'm going to give it three and a half. Excellent. And we are like right on track with each other. Yeah. That's what I'm going to give it to three and a half. I haven't watched this in a while. Uh, it's been many years now. So rewatching it now, I was like, I don't think I liked it as much uh, as I had in the past. Like, I think before I probably would have given this like a four, uh, maybe a little, but it, it's there's enough corniness now. <laughs> it's aged, you know, shave off a little bit, but three and a half, three and a half. Yeah. And I almost I like debated giving it a four, and I'm like, no, I probably like wouldn't like seek it out again or like be tell someone, oh my god, you have to see Pumpkinhead. Yeah, but it's fun. But like, it's good. And it's it, fun. It, it should be watched, just you know, as one of those fun, like one of the better '80s movies that isn't a slasher. That's right. So yeah, man, that's a scare of approval. Well, I guess we're. Uh... Now let's turn up the quality meter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, let's talk about the greatest movie any of us could ever talk about on this. Uh, and that's Ernest Scared Stupid, my friend. And the description is, well-intentioned, eternally bumbling, Ernest P. Worrell accidentally releases an evil demon from its sacred tomb. As the demon, and they keep saying demon in the description, it's a troll. They say, the word, troll. They say the word troll like 15,000 times in this movie. So as the troll flexes its power and goes on a ruinous rampage, good guy Ernest tries to step in to save the town from mass destruction. Trouble is, a 200-year-old curse has scared Ernest stupid, and that means <laughs> hilarity all around. So kick back and let the laugh-ridden adventure begin. Jesus Christ, that's long. <laughs> that's too much for an Ernest movie. So, But wait, couldn't trolls, maybe trolls are demons. Can they be one of the same? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, if you're going to go with, like, the real origin based definition of the word troll it's you know just a scandinavian demon monster so so i really realized watching these two movies like i'm not 
really opposed to monster movies, but they're definitely not the sort of thing I'm drawn to because both of these movies were in the prime time that I was really into start like that I really became into horror movies when I was like 10. Mm-hmm. Like 9, 10 is like when I really like I'm you know, I've talked about in the past, like Pet Cemetery I saw twice in the theater, like that sort of time frame, like 1990-ish, mm-hmm. like is when I was just like rent and horror movies off the shelf, left, right, and center. Sure. And never saw Ernest Scared Stupid, never saw Pumpkinhead. I just have sort of an aversion to monsters, or at least I'm not like drawn to them. I much prefer like a slasher or like a ghost story or something spooky like that. Mm-hmm. And I guess I don't know if on the back of Ernest Scared Stupid, like if it shows the troll or something, but like watching it, I'm like, because I remember loving Ernest Goes to Camp. Like I remember loving that. So mm-hmm. I don't know why I wouldn't have watched this like a couple years later when I liked scary stuff. It's just so stupid. <laughs> it's just so <laughs> dumb. But like, I love the opening. The opening is fantastic. Oh like, my the, god! Like, opening song with all those like little bits are so it funny. It has it has like the coolest fucking opening credit sequence that you could for like a goofy, you know, scary monster movie like this. Of just Ernest. If you haven't seen it, it's Ernest just reacting to a bunch of old like clips from old like drive-in like domain monster domain movies yeah public domain monster movies and him like oh i'm freaking out and like monster hands coming from off screen to grab him and shit like that and it's and like the song so, is so good yeah it is so catchy it's just this cool little like theme music it's it it's it it's beautiful it is it's so good and the other thing i really like about it is eartha kit like just like eartha, works her ass off in it eartha kit just fucking Kicks ass and takes names in this movie. Oh I served God. her a beer once and I had no idea who she was. Whoa. I was in Chicago. It was like maybe like I'd lived in Chicago for like, I don't know, a week or two. And I got some gigs like working at this piano bar, like just like doing random things when they'd have like piano wax in. And she came to sing and I went and took her a beer in her like her little, it wasn't quite a dressing room, but like yeah. the, the room where they kept them. And I had no idea who she was. Someone's like, she's Catwoman. I'm like, is she? She's not Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, whoa. <laughs> so yeah, I saw her and I immediately had this memory. Cause like now I know who she is, but at the time I had no idea. It says like 2000. Yeah. Um, like, as a yeah. kid, for me, uh, like she was one of those early stars that I knew who they were as a child uh, because of this movie. Uh, and then also I watched the reruns of Batman. So her as Catwoman, okay. she was, you know, like my Catwoman as a kid. So, But like, I mean, yes, it's kind of like, oh, poor Eartha Kitt doing an earnest movie. But she's also actually really good in it. Like yeah. she's the <laughs> best part about this movie. I feel like she perf- she's gives a good performance. It's not like Olivia Hussey in Ice Cream Man where I'm just like, oh, I'm so embarrassed for you. No. Like, she's actually good. She's playing, she's, like, a good character. I feel like she's, she's good. And she seems like she's having fun. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it seems like a genuinely, like, fun time, their performance, so. But see, I always say, you know what I mean, Vern? But he never once says that here. His catchphrase is, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I always thought it was, you know what I mean, Vern? But that must be what he just says in Ernest Goes to Camp. Vern is in the, um, like, I remember the TV. There, I don't know if it was a TV show, but I remember Ernest started as, like, TV segments for, like, uh, something. And Vern was the guy that was holding the camera. 
So he would like address uh, the camera and he'd be like, no, what I mean, Vern, like Vern was supposed to be the dude holding the okay. camera, like videoing I, like, him. Kept yeah. waiting for it. And then he kept yeah. saying, you know what I mean? And I kept waiting for Vern to come in at some point. And I'm like, where the fuck is Vern? <laughs> yeah, Vern wasn't in this movie. So, but yeah, no, this is, oh my God, rewatching this too. It's been a few years since I seen it. And as soon as I started it again, it all came flooding back. I saw this movie so many times as a kid that I have it all fucking memorized. I know like every line. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like my brain is broken. Yeah, it definitely, I had vibes of the ice cream man, but I preferred this over that any day. Like, cause at least this was silly and it knew exactly what it was. Whereas I feel like the ice cream man is sort of like, like it is trying to be funny, but it's also trying not like it just, I feel was like in limbo like it wasn't the sure what ice cream man didn't know what it wanted to be this movie knows that it's a kid's movie yeah. uh and it maybe it steps over the line because like this movie gave me nightmares too i like i straight up loved it but the troll is straight up terrifying like that costume design they're like did they not realize this was kind of overboard for like eight-year-olds to be watching <laughs> uh like especially the scene where i remember it scaring me so bad when the girl is in bed and rolls over and the troll is in bed with her oh and yeah that shot is absolutely horrifying and it's like what the fuck were they thinking putting that in a kid's movie and you know i bet they can get away with calling it a troll over a demon back to that conversation because like you can't really have a kid's movie with a with a bunch of demons with running demons around. yeah but if you call them trolls it's like the the three billy goats gruff or whatever like it's yeah. like there are trolls and kids stories so you can get away with them being trolls yeah absolutely and trantor the troll is again a cool <laughs> ass monster like that design is like they really shot it out of the park trying to build this gross crazy memorable monster i really as much as i never want to watch this again personally i did want to go back and watch ernest goes to camp because i remember loving it and i'm just wondering if like you're talking about watching this like how it came back to you i don't know if any of ernest goes to camp would like come back to me if i watched it mm -hmm. but i just remember liking it so so well but this has the highest rating on imdb and letterboxd of all the ernest movies ernest scared stupid yeah, this one's got a very strong cult following. Like, it's definitely, I feel like it's the kids like me that grew up watching it now as adults. Like, I think that's what keeps this alive as a cult classic is just, like, it was fun. Like, I remember rediscovering it in college, like, and putting it on around Halloween time uh, and, like, you know, hanging out with forcing buddies that hadn't seen it or hadn't seen it in a long time. Like, let's drink some beers and watch this. And like, that was a good time for like a <laughs> Halloween party. Uh, and yeah, and then we would find ourselves quoting it. Like there's some good moments in there. Like in the beginning when Ernest traps himself in the garbage truck uh, and he's got the baby doll to try and like stop the gears from moving. And he's like, I'm sorry, it's either you or me. And he shoves its head in there and it's like, you'll never get away with this. I know where you live. Like voice for the doll and you're like, that is so twisted and weird. Again, for a kid's movie, there's like weird moments like that. Oh my God. And when the dog, what's it same? Rim job? <laughs> rim, <laughs> rim shot. Rim, rim shot. shot. And it's like dressed up like a little Cub Scout. It's so yeah. cute. Yeah. And he's so like, you cute. are one ugly kid. Yeah. Oh, and oh. I was like, don't talk to rim job like that. No, leave rim job alone. Or of course the classic line everybody knows. And I'm like, no, that's a pretty good like action movie one-liner is when he runs the troll over with the truck. He's like, how about a bumper sandwich, booger lips, and then runs it over. 
Oh boy. Oh, and you're like, yep, yep. That's like holdover from those eighties, like action star <laughs> moments. He, he died at like 50. Yeah. Yeah. He had like a heart attack, I think. Massive heart attack. Uh, yeah. Cause I started to look and there's like some random earnest movies I've never heard of that look real bad. Yeah. There were some there. This was probably like, this was the last one I think that was in theaters. Uh, and then after that, they're all straight to video and a huge dip in quality, I think, from even this, from even this. And yeah. this is just, a, and you know, what a uh, fun thing is the trolls were all done by the guys that made Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh. So if you're paying attention at the end of the movie, when the extra trolls show up, some of them are just like repainted Killer Clown costumes to look like the trolls redone. Yeah. Some of them are the clowns. Okay. Yep. So. Yeah, it's it's silly. I'm sure if I would have grown up watching it, I would have fonder feelings of it. It's not the worst thing ever, but I'm just kind of like, eh. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's weird. This is weird because I'm like, how do I rate this thing? Because it's like a beloved childhood thing, but it's also like not a great movie, not a good movie by any means. It was, and it was definitely a good 15, 20 minutes too long for me. Like I was like, okay, got oh, it. <laughs> yeah, this should have been, it should have been shorter. And I'm kind of interested now because this was like a Halloween movie for me as a kid. Uh, and every Christmas I watched Ernest Saves Christmas as well. So I'm like thinking about maybe I revisit that one come Christmas time and see if I still how I feel about that one. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> what more is there to say? It's Ernest. We did it. Yeah. And my, my summary was, I mean, I thought he was going to be at camp. But aside from that, Monster Summoned has to save the day. He will the end take it yeah on. and i mean like if it, you know ethan this one was for you thanks for reminding me of it and <laughs> i got it on the show uh yeah it, it's just it's dumb uh and maybe fun and i'm sure if you like are so inclined to have some beers or uh alter your consciousness in some way it's probably even more fun that way i don't know i'm sure or maybe it's terrifying because for me i was be again like i said i was being reminded of all the scenes that scared the shit out of me as a kid and all of them were the moments of close-up of the troll face like unexpectedly where those were all scary and i i think it was ethan mentioned the whole them getting turned into wood like the oh wood dolls. right yes that, that did i remember it all came again flooding back as i watched it i'm like yeah that scared the crap out of me like i just thought that was something about it it was weird and creepy the weird thing that when i see that i immediately think if i was an actor that i had gotten turned into wood i would have wanted that prop like i would have wanted a oh, wood prop of myself for sure <laughs> for sure uh yeah and i i read the that the director like kept the uh the trantor the troll head the, oh uh, the animatronic like mask i'm like that's a cool conversation piece to have yeah so, um, but yeah, that's Ernest Scared Stupid. Happy my, birthday. My friend, thank you. I'm glad I could have <laughs> subjected you to a piece of why I'm so twisted probably now from watching this movie like a hundred times. <laughs> Broke my brain as a child. Um, so yeah, let's go out of, um, out of five uh, troll, you know, Brussels sprout troll eggs ready to mm. drop to the ground. How many, how many do you give it? I'm going to give it two and a half. Oh, wow. That's higher than I thought. Yeah. Because yeah. it was mostly fun. And I have a soft spot for Ernest somewhere in my brain still. Yep. And that's why at the same, it, it, along the same lines, I'm going with a three. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to give it a solid three because there was still those 
pangs of nostalgia that I was like, oh man, I had a, I remembered me and one of my childhood friends, like we literally like acted this movie out, like hanging out together. Like, uh, yeah. So, so that makes this. Yas May Queen. Yeah. Yas May Queen. Yas. Well, Jeremy, I hope you have the best birthday ever. You know, I was giving it some thought before we recorded here. Uh, and here's from the listeners. Here's what I want for my birthday. Um, for those of you that are listening, I know there's at least like three, four, five of you. I bet you there's just a few more people that are just shy and you haven't, you know, you haven't written to us yet. Um, but we're having fun. We're, you know, building this little community. We're talking to our friends, reading your letters. Uh, so I know some of you are out there. So I say, get at us on Instagram. Get at the show. Get at me. Get at Brandy Joe. We're on social media. Tag us. And for my birthday, ideally, you're listening to this on August 13th, my birthday, the day it comes out. Watch a monster movie for me. And tag, tag the show. Tag, tag us on Instagram. Send it to the show that you're watching a monster movie. Sasquatch Slim's, you know, B-Day party. That's what I want. Tag them uh, and bag them. Tag them and bag them. Send them to us. Tag them and body bag them. And I think that would be fun. So at least yeah. at least the few of you that write it all the time. I know you're heroes. <laughs> well, I'm getting my um, Jason mask tomorrow in the mail. My like fake Jason mask from Amazon. And I'm going to... I'm going to wear it for you on Friday the 13th in the woods somewhere. Hell yeah. That would be <laughs> amazing. And yeah, and I will be trying to watch some monster movies myself too, somewhere in there. Maybe Friday the 13th, maybe maybe something else. Who even knows? Well, I can't wait to hear all about it. And uh, yeah. Hell Paymon. Death to Videodrome. Long live the new flesh. Yes. May Queen. Until next time, guys. And keep watching those scary movies. Because scaring is sharing. That's right. Bye. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.